Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Lions fans. Jesse Cass here for the LMU Basketball Podcast here in the Believe Podcast Network on LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Welcome, everybody, into a new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Cass. Thanks so much again for tuning in here on the Believe Podcast Network, the only podcast network where you can find this LMU Basketball Podcast, as well as several over 200 shows on the Believe Podcast Network. So be sure to follow along with anything there. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple and find us anywhere that podcasts are available. And uh, strange times right now, obviously, with the, the coronavirus and social distancing and isolation really kind of taking place in a, in a very significant way. So we know that it's a, a scary and odd time right now. So hopefully uh, can provide a little bit of relief and, uh, you know, keep you guys entertained for a short amount of time here on this LMU Basketball Podcast. If you are out there, of course, be smart, stay safe, uh, take all the precautions that you need to and try to get through this thing as quickly as we can together uh, while being apart with social distancing. So, uh, of course, the the coronavirus has taken its toll on the world and the country uh, as a whole, and of course, the sports world and college basketball significantly. Uh, the NCAA tournament canceled for both men and women's. The NCAA spring sports across everything has been canceled, and of course, with LMU directly, all of their spring sports canceled, of course, and classes now throughout the entire second semester all the way to May will be taken online and away from the school campus. So it's a unprecedented and wild, scary time right now. So as we said, just stay safe out there, be smart, and we'll try to get through this thing together. But uh, as we, we talk on this podcast, uh, the last time we did talk, there were still games and everything kind of going in, in full force and action. Just in Vegas for the West Coast Conference Tournament, those were really Kind of the last tournaments that took place before everything started shutting down, uh, taking a place taking place a week earlier than most tournaments with the Mountain West and the WCC taking place uh, the previous week in March in Vegas. So the Lions did have their conference tournament. We had the little mini pod recap of LMU beating San Diego to advance to take on San Francisco in that eight seed versus five seed matchup, and uh, it was a game that the Lions. You know, they played hard, but simply San Francisco just had their number throughout the night. And this was a season series where we mentioned San Francisco and LMU had played two really close, hotly contested ball games. And for whatever reason, in this third matchup, San Francisco, you know, maybe it was having that extra day off, being prepared. Uh, We know LMU, of course, had a great performance the night before. They were familiar with the courts and the rims. But San Francisco just controlled the tempo and played really well. LMU, it was really just... Eli Scott, who had his normal, usual production, 19 points and 10 rebounds. Kelly Leopepe did end up in double figures with 12, but it seemed like he and a lot of the Lions' front line was really affected by the size of San Francisco. They have a couple of really long and big defenders inside, and that seemed to make a difference in this ball game. And, and San Francisco simply just had a lot of guys contribute. As you mentioned, for LMU, it was really just Eli Scott doing his usual thing for the Dons. Charles Minlin had 16. Jimbo Lowell, the big seven-footer, had 12 points and 10 boards. Jordan Rotino with 12. Khalil Shabazz with 10. Then you have a couple other players with 8, 7, 6. So up and down the lineup for San Francisco. They were able to control the game really early on, you know, really from the first 
after the five, six-minute mark or so, when they started to kind of create distance and pull away. The Dons led by 13 at the half, ended up winning by 29. 82-53 was the final, and brought an end to the LMU line season, finishing them off at 11-21 and on the year. And we've talked about it throughout this podcast and throughout the season on broadcast that it was a season where you, you did see progression from a lot of these young guys and them start to learn how to close out some ball games late in the year. But one that really, once the season started, you kind of knew that it would be one of those type of years with Damian Douglas and Joe Quintana going out right before the season started. And then, of course, the absence of Matias Markison, three of your five potential starters, really makes it tough in what is rapidly becoming one of the better leagues in college basketball with the West Coast Conference. Of course, with no NCAA tournament this year, not going to really quite know what the, the seeding was unless they still decide to release that at some point, but... We did know that Gonzaga, of course, was in. BYU was in. St. Mary's, after going to the WCC title game, was very likely in as well. So three teams that were going to make it into the NCAA tournament. And then you had other teams winning over 20 ball games. Of course, San Francisco, Pacific, Santa Clara, six teams with over 20 wins. All of those would be postseason bound in some way, if not for these cancellations. So it just shows you the strength of this league in general. And when you lose... Such significant talent at the top of your lineup, it it makes it really tough. So I did think that Lions did well with what they had available for them this year. It was a, a tough year. We saw a lot of growth for the young guys, but obviously it's going to be a time of, of transition and change for the Lions, and we'll see what they have going forward because the move was made and decided by Athletic Director Craig Pintins to, to make the coaching change and, and move on from head coach Mike Dunlap after six years of service with the ball club. And it's always tough, honestly. Uh, this, of course, was reported by the Elmi website and several other reporters as well. Uh, I kind of held my my side of it. Obviously, I'm not a reporter. I'm just a, a play-by-play broadcaster and, of course, bring you the breakdowns here on this podcast as well. But I wanted to make sure that, obviously, these are guys that, that I develop relationships with and travel with. And, of course, Mike Dunlap, as mentioned, has been the coach for six seasons. So getting a chance to to know him, his family, all the assistant coaches and their families and develop friendships with these guys. I wanted to make sure that I was able to reach out to them and, and tell them how much I appreciated them and their friendship in the my time over these last six years. And this will now be the second coaching change that I've gone through in my time with LMU as an announcer. Of course, started out with Max Good for two years and then the change was made to Mike Dunlap and now LMU in search of another head coach. So I wanted to make sure, as I said, to prioritize reaching out to those guys and having that first and not act like a reporter, which is why you might have seen me kind of quiet on Twitter during this time and taking my time to do this podcast as well to make sure that I reached out to those guys and made sure they know how much I appreciated them over the years. And uh, as I said, it, it's always tough when you're trying to make that decision to make make a coaching change. And we know that Mike Dunlap was hired by Bill Husack, a different athletic director, uh, of course, Craig Pintens has been here for a couple of years. He's done a great job. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's just that time for, for an athletic director and feeling that either he wants to make, you know, his own choice of a coach or his own stamp on a program or simply trying to gauge and feel if a new voice would be beneficial to the locker room. And we've already seen somewhat of the, the fallout of that, and you'll see this anytime there's a coaching change, but entered that Matthias Markison who, of course, has one year left of eligibility, entering the transfer portal, as well as freshman Sigu Sosoho-Jawara. So those are two really nice players, especially, obviously, Markison, who's already fully developed at this point and has been a big-time contributor over the past couple of years, of course, including this season when he didn't play. But 
guys that you would look forward to next year to potentially really contribute. But anytime you have a coaching change, those are going to be kind of the casualties of that. So uh, a little bit tough on that when you already lose a coaching staff and then some of the players that you really like. But obviously wish everyone involved the absolute best, uh, you know, regardless of your thoughts on the program or the coaching over the past couple of years. I do think it's important to remember that these are real people, of course, with families and and lives on the line, and this is their livelihood, and uh, not to be a jerk, essentially, and try to celebrate this. Even if you were someone who didn't like the coaching or was not a fan, be respectful out there. It's uh, people that worked tremendously hard over these past couple of years to to build the program, and they deserve respect no matter what your opinions are on, on the court as well. So just wanted to make that known. As I said, the coaching change was made, I think, in the Mike Dunlap era. Of course, it's always hard to judge a coach when you first come in year one, year two, when you are trying to essentially play with a lot of other players that you didn't recruit, and you have to kind of build at that time and, and get your recruits into the building. So you kind of can throw away the first couple of years. I thought there were obviously ups and downs, some really exciting times with exciting players like Autumn Jacko and Brandon Brown and Shamar Johnson, really fun team there that finished a regular season at 500 and got the team back to feeling like they're in winning ways. And, of course, last year's team with, with James Bateman and Peter Herman, Jeffrey McClendon, Matthias Marcus, and everyone involved with uh, a really fun team that won 22 games, got back to the postseason in the CBI. And, as we said, unfortunately this year, just injuries kind of derailed what could have been maybe a similar season, maybe a slight step back with Bateman leaving. But you had, of course, as we mentioned, Douglas, Marcuson, and Quintana, who were supposed to be there, they were not, and then thus the the type of season that we saw this year with 11 and 21. But uh, as we said, a big thanks to, to Mike Dunlap, Derek Clark, Jeffrey Strom, Brandon Hayes, David Hall, you know Patrick Sandal going back a couple of years. Anyone who's been involved over this this time with the with the LMU Lions has been an incredible hard worker and has really reflected themselves in the university quite well. So wish them, as we said, nothing but the best, and we'll see how the Lions approach. New coach, what exactly they're looking for, uh, what the roster is going to look like next year. Those are all kind of question marks right now for this Lions team. And as we said, there there are a couple of guys that we mentioned that are in the transfer portal right now. We don't really know if there'll be more, but assuming that guys stay, this is as it was expected to be with whoever the coach would be, whether it be Mike Dunlap or now, of course, someone else coming in. A talented team with Damian Douglas, Joe Quintana, Eli Scott, of course, so there is something to work with here for whoever comes in next. And it'll be really interesting to see the the route that they go in terms of what kind of coach they want to hire. And everything right now is simply conjecture. It's been a lot. You know, if you look over message boards and stuff, some people that candidates that fans would like to see have heard names like Jason Hart, who former LME player J.D. Dubois endorsed. J.D. Dubois, our first guest here on the LME Basketball Podcast. Jason Hart, a former NBA point guard. He spent time as an assistant at Pepperdine and at USC, so someone with local ties, so that could be a potential option. Heard the name Corey Gaines, former Lion, who has had NBA uh, assistant coaching experience as well, and uh, it'll be interesting. I said it's, it's all kind of up in the air. Uh, when looking at what to look for in a new head coach, the, the, the things that I would be looking for if I were searching, and of course, as we said, this is no discredit or disrespect to anything any previous coaching staff's done. It's just now, of course, you're looking for a new coach. So you have to see what you like and what you want there. But what I would be looking for within the new head coach, uh, someone who can develop a nice recruiting system within California and Southern California in particular, 
you know, there's so much talent in this area, and we've seen when you are able to find some of those guys who are, who are willing to stay in this area. And I know it's always tough with UCLA, USC, and all the other bigger programs across the country that, that really dive into the L.A. market and try to get these players. So it's certainly easier said than done. But uh, if you can find guys, we've seen Eli Scott be a prime example of that out of Chino Hills in the Southern California area. Just an incredible player. Of course, Damian Douglas, more in the northern area of California, but another California recruit. Those are two of the, the better guys on the roster here. Uh, not to say you can't find that elsewhere, but tap into your local market there. Find a guy who has local recruiting ties. And also, I would like to see a coach who can really promote and develop kind of an up-tempo style of basketball that emphasizes ball movement and three-point shooting. I think we've seen that a lot over the West Coast Conference over the years with with teams really finding success with that. Of course, San Francisco has done it well. St. Mary's has always done it well that way. Pepperdine on the rise doing it that way as well. So I think obviously that's the way that basketball has been, has been gravitating generally. You still need to be very locked in, great defensive team, but I think maybe more of an emphasis on shooting, outside shooting, and of course a couple of guys that can really penetrate and break down the defense as well. Uh, I think that a coach who can really emphasize those things. And, and we know LMU has their, their best history tied to you know, the most incredible offensive system ever developed in college basketball. Now, that's not going to come back to that level, but, you know, potentially putting more fans in the stands by having a style of basketball where you can really push the pace, play at a high tempo, that could be something that could LMU could be looking for and could be exciting into the future. So uh, I do think that it'll be a, a fun search to see where the Lions go next and uh, see what they want in a head coach. But I do think that looking at some relatively breaking news inside college basketball. Of course, season kind of shut down right now, but former NCAA champion head coach and NBA head coach Rick Pitino uh, going to Iona College as the new head coach after, of course, a long time at Louisville, went through some bribery scandal, was fired from Louisville in 2017, coaching over in Greece. He's making his return to college basketball at Iona College in New Rochelle, New York, right near Westchester County. So, uh, you know, obviously that doesn't directly affect the Lions and who know who knows how aggressively Iona pursued it, Rick Pitino or if LMU had him on their radar at all, but seems like that's a potential missed opportunity for the Lions. And I know that anytime you're dealing with a coach who's had some scandal, there's gonna be a little cloud on that. But talking about Rick Pitino, one of the best coaches in basketball, and he of course has won at so many levels, won a national championship, an incredible recruiter with an NBA network. Uh, and he plays, as he said, that up-tempo style of basketball. So that's something where, you know, he is an East Coast guy, so maybe that's where he wanted his ties to be. But you look at kind of measuring Iona College and LMU, it'd be hard to think that LMU couldn't have maybe tried to entice someone like that as well. Uh, there are so many incredible coaches across the country, so it's not like you're devoid of options at this point. But seeing that level of coach going to a school of honestly similar stature, maybe lesser depending on how you look at it, as I said, could be a potential missed opportunity in finding a really splashy yet effective and good head coach in Rick Pitino. So that was something just saw that come across the wire and been like, wow, that could have been a real exciting moment for the Lions, but uh, the search goes on. So we'll see what they, they look to do with the new head coach and where that search ultimately leads LMU in their, their new direction. We know that it's still been since the 1989-90 season since the Lions made the NCAA tournament. So that's obviously the ultimate goal and We'll see if the, the next coaching staff can, can reach that. Uh, of course, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, still a giant thank you to, to Mike Dunlap, Derek Clark, Jeffrey Strom, Brandon Hayes, Derek, David Hall, 
uh, everyone involved with LMU basketball over the last six years. Huge thank you to them for all the hard work that they've put in and really great group of guys. So again, uh, big thanks to them for what they have done and their contributions to, to LMU over the years. So uh, with that said, uh, we know that as we mentioned, all of that kind of takes a backseat to everything else going on in the world right now. So we will keep updating you on LMU basketball on this podcast, try to have some great guests for you in the coming weeks and help ease your mind through this this rough time and try to provide a, a bit of a release in a, a world right now, uh, with, of course, without sports, which is so often a release, but uh, we'll keep it going here. And as we said, everyone out there, stay safe, be smart, take all the precautions you need to, and hopefully get back to a, a sense of normalness sometime soon. But regardless, as we said, be smart, be safe, and we'll talk to you next time on a new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast, which can only be found here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, the only place you can find a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.